play the fight song. Welcome back into the Play the Fight Song podcast. We're here for week five. We're good at a lot of things, man. I mean, we talk college football really well. Reese is a pretty damn good golfer. Parks designs the shit out of stuff. We're not good at geography, though, as you know. Um, Toronto is a city <laughs> in Canada, as we all know. Well, I learned what OVO was today, you know, the Drake thing. But Schaefer today decided to let us know that he did not know anything about Canada or their provinces or the city of Toronto. He said, Fucking Canada. OVO stands for October's very own. And that's, we're like, oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that's, Reese goes, well, I thought it was Ontario's very own. Schiffer goes, close, but he actually is from Toronto. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's tough. tough You got anything to say for yourself on that? That's bad. Yeah, I can't be the only one that, if you had grabbed him off the street and like asked him but just the, the confidence in being like, no, he's not from Ontario he's from Toronto yeah it's a, I, I wouldn't know I wouldn't have known any difference yeah. I wouldn't have known any That's difference either shape. I'm the worst I'm the worst geography person I'm sure like there are probably I mean I know I'm there's a majority of people that are smarter than me but if, if you had to take a <laughs> poll I would say it's like I'd be in the 35% like there's like 65% of people that probably knew all of Canada's provinces and all that meaningless shit you've probably learned in history class, but I feel like I'm in a good 35% oh of people that Schaefer's in the top 35. He's in like, he's 35, yeah. <laughs> if you grab 10 people, grab 10 people, do you think they would all know the difference? How many of them do you think would know the difference? I bet it'd be, I bet it'd be five. I bet it'd be 50%. Thank you. Five That's or six. The, exactly. That all right, make so you me and Shafe, Shafe, we're just in the other half. We're just in the other half. It's okay. It's just bad. It doesn't make you smart, but it, it might make you dumb still, you know, like just because the majority of people think so. Nobody ever said I was smart. Nobody ever said I was smart. Hey, let's jump into some recent news headlines for college football before we get into week four, week four recaps. Um, Tyler Shuck, done for the year. He's got a broken fibula for Texas Tech. Their quarterback, Texas Tech's already kind of hit a downhill slope a little bit after the whole preseason. A lot of people, especially this podcast, were high on them, uh, talking about a chance to get to the Big 12 title and really compete the entire year. Well, Shuck goes down at West Virginia late in that game, and now they're without their starting quarterback, and it's it's an uphill battle. I mean, that hill has just gotten steeper and steeper, so it's going to be tough for the Red Raiders on that. Shaver, any thoughts on the Red Raiders? Like, are they still going to be a good Big 12 team, or do you think they're going to kind of get demoralized here soon if something doesn't flip? Two things. I'm pissed. Of course, this is the one year Iowa State doesn't land them on their schedule because they have our number usually every other year. And two, I think this is team. I feel like I'm humble enough to admit where I was wrong. I think I had this team in my Big 12 title predictions, if I remember correctly. I think Reese did, too. Yeah. And this is just a team that is kind of all over the place. I mean, you, you get a team that only can score 13 on West Virginia. You get another week. You can't stop Wyoming from scoring like we they just can't figure it out in different spots I think I haven't taken another look at their schedule but I would say six wins is something to stride for in, in McGuire's second year and people got to remember it is his second year he's got a absolutely loaded recruiting class coming in um, but right now it's kind of survive while you can so I think this team should strive for six wins It'll be interesting to see how that and the big 12 feels very condensed in the middle so it's gonna be tough to win games they're not gonna get any weeks off so the next thing, Connor Wegman gets hurt for AM. Max Johnson comes in. They don't really miss a beat. They continue to play well. I think this is something to really pay attention to because 
in a lot of situations at big power five schools, if you have a backup quarterback that's good or maybe gets benched or a transfer comes in, that kid leaves, right? Well, Max Johnson stayed. Max Johnson played. He might play again this week. I think Wegman's still day-to-day kind of thing. And they didn't really take a step back. Like, that's a big thing for an A&M team who, even with a loss at Miami, has the keys and a chance to get to the SEC title and win the SEC West. When you look at this, I just want you guys' perspective on a kid who stays after losing a job and comes in after a kid gets hurt and doesn't miss a beat. Like, what does that tell you about? Is that telling you more about the kid specifically? Or is it telling you more about A&M and where they're at as an offense? Open floor, everybody's going to have a different opinion on this, I think. I think it tells a lot about his character. I mean, to stay with it, I think, is in in modern-day college football, you just don't see it too much. I mean, the very popular one that comes to mind is Jalen Hurts, obviously, um, sitting and waiting for his time behind Tua. Interested to see, they said Wigman was day-to-day, kind of Jimbo said, but he's probably going to be a little tender in that ankle on Saturday, so who knows, maybe he'll run out there and maybe he'll get benched in between the game because they know they can go to Max Johnson. Um, As far as he's concerned, it's it's almost like a a, maybe it's a wait and see. Maybe he thought he was going to be considered that starter this year, so next year he goes and gets an opportunity. I think in modern-day college football, I admire those who stay, but I also don't blame those who try to make a betterment for themselves. Like it's a guy who every division one quarterback thinks he's probably got a shot at the NFL. So go find a spot where you're, you're wanted. And that might even be a third school you see sometimes. Well, he may, he'll have to go through that NCAA rule of the second transfer. Now he's going to have to get a waiver and work through that. So maybe that kept him around. Like maybe, Mm-hmm. That had something to do with it, but I think I'd like to think that he really wanted to stick it out and really likes A&M as a school, and he's shown that he's talented enough to do it. Parks, you're looking at A&M's offense in the West, and there's a couple teams out there. Nobody really has an elite quarterback outside of LSU, but everybody has a chance, it feels like, out there still. Yeah, that division's wide open, and honestly, I mean, they were so high on Wagner when the, the season started, and he kind of had a huge week one for him, and he seemed to be the guy, but really, Max Johnson, like you said, didn't slow down anything last weekend. I mean, it was an ugly game altogether, but coming out of that game with a conference win is all they need at that point, especially trying to bounce back from their loss at Miami, but... Uh, I, I like what I've seen from Texas A&M. I think their quarterback room, and I agree with Schaefer, it sticks It sticks to both their characters staying and battling it out. But uh, they they got a bright future, and two, having two quarterbacks is never a bad problem, especially with how they can run. 100%. Let's go to some recaps from week four. Obviously, there's a ton of big games, and we got to all of them. We watched all of them, and we're paying attention to just about every game that was happening. It was a as many TVs or screens as you could get. Um. First one, we're going to talk about Ohio State over Notre Dame. Ohio State wins on basically the last play of the game, punches one into the end zone, and beats Notre Dame. But, Reese, you got a three-and-a-half cover for a dog's dog with Notre Dame. With this game, do you think – how much does this say about Ohio State? Are you more impressed with them? Are you still kind of like iffy on them? What are you seeing after that game? Or are you just like you respect the win because it's Notre Dame and you think Notre Dame was that good? I think it's just a hard-nosed win. I mean, for either team to lose this game, and it's a different fashion than both teams are used to. I mean, you're used to seeing Ohio State win by scoring 30, 40 points. The Notre Dame offense we're used to seeing this year is a team that's been high-powered. And so just a hard-nosed fought game. It's kind of like I talked about last week. I, the game came down to Ohio State's defense, and they were able to limit Sam Hart. I mean, they gave 14 points to that offense who hasn't missed a mm-hmm. beat this year. 
And then it also speaks about Kyle McCord. I mean, I really didn't have any confidence in that guy. I thought you're taking Sam Hartman, who started over 50 games, versus McCord, who's had four games, and my I'm, my money's going to be with the quarterback who's proven it more. But him having that drive at the end of the game to lead that team down that field, you got to be you got to be a good quarterback to be able to do that kind of stuff. And I think it speaks that they act, it shows that they actually have a quarterback now. He might not be all the way there, but they show they have a guy who can develop into becoming something special. And I think it just shows that if they can get that offense going, that defense is legit. That could win them a national championship. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing to take away is that's two good defenses. Like whether or not you thought maybe McCord wasn't quite going to step into the shoes yet and be that guy, or you were really worried about Notre Dame hitting big plays with Hartman and his ability to throw the football down the field. You saw two really good defenses, whether that was against a run pass, all that. And I thought those are two really good teams. The problem with Notre Dame now is that you're not in a conference, right? You run the table, you go 11 and one. You're still on the outside looking in because other 11 and one teams or undefeated teams get a play for a conference title. And I still think that's the biggest flaw for them right now. They only hurt themselves by staying independent. And again, that's a whole different conversation, but I still was impressed with Notre Dame. I still think that's a good football team. They'll probably, I think, run that schedule. They'll have some hard games. They're going to play USC. So saying they'll, I can't say the, they're going to run that schedule when they sell USC. I don't think schedule. they, yeah, they, have, they don't have an easy one this weekend. That's for sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see that one. Is there anything else on this game that I didn't touch on? I know this is going to come out Thursday. A lot of people have already gotten their recaps ready for the previews, but I, I think this is a weekend enough to, recap as much as possible right yeah but we got to mention the absolute balls it takes to call a run play there but also a just a coaching blunder on the side of notre dame didn't only have 10 guys on the field i mean after a timeout and he said he's like i think he had mentioned in the press conference he didn't want to take a penalty buddy take the goddamn penalty <laughs> better than leaving that side of the line open that's where they scored but coaching blunder huge but what a win for ohio state what a football game yeah great football game great football game Let's go to Florida State Clemson. This was at 11 o'clock. This is the first game, first big game of the day that we got to see. Florida State goes into Clemson, wins in overtime. It looked like Clemson was in control. Klubnik looked good. The offense looked good. The defense looked good. They're causing a lot of havoc, making um, Travis really run around and try to make plays, and he went down quite a few times. The running game couldn't get going for Florida State. But when you have the studs that you can go get in the portal and Keon Coleman, and he starts making plays down the stretch, it changes the game, right? This one for me, I thought the biggest thing was, I, I think it was an awakening to the world to kind of say Clemson's not a bad team. You saw them lose at Duke. They're not a bad team. They're still a good team. They're still got a chance to go to the ACC title. Like, that's a real thing. This game can still happen. Even with two losses, they can still get there. That is only one ACC loss. They're still a good football team. Clubnick's still good. Now, how much do you look at it and say, you know, what? They have two ACC losses. Two ACC losses. Sorry. I don't know why I said one. But they could still get there. Like, in my, I think they could still be there. When you look at this, like, if you're Dabo, what, is, like, you have to have a message to get going now. Like, you cannot stop. This can't be a layover week. We'll get to that game later. I, but I think it's something, it's really going to test that program and what they're made of and how much they are willing to fight because they haven't been two and two. And, you know, I can't even, I don't remember the stat, what it was, but they don't have had two. Yeah, 2010 was the last time they'd had this situation. Like, that's Taj Boyd years. That's Pre, a long yeah, time like ago. Before he really he took off, too. Before he took off. Yep. Like, this is interesting to me. And 
Florida State, you've passed two tests, man. I mean, that's all you can say. A neutral site game, and then you go on the road and you win. You've passed your test, whether it's ugly or not, I think says more than if they went in there and slaughtered both those teams, right? Like, they can win ugly. They can fight a little bit. So it'll be fun to see them. Any thoughts on this one that you kind of were watching and picking up on or maybe just a couple days later looking back at it? I think yeah. Florida State um. with 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 <laughs> 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 If I had to nitpick anything on Florida State, I think they need to clean it up as far as the run game is concerned. I thought, and also Travis's injury is concerned. I think that he came out in a sling, and and that's kind of bothering him. I think that's sort of apparent. But like you said, JP, they got the win. They got it done ugly. Honestly, for Clemson, you, you know, you talked about them and how they still have a chance at the ACC title. They need a lot of things to roll in their favor, uh, particularly yeah. I think North Carolina is playing as good as – They've really played under the Mac Brown era, to be honest with you. I think that d- that defense looks solid, and Drake May's top three guy to be under center in college football. So Clemson for the rest of the year, I, for me, it's I got to see more, and it's limit the turnovers. Like that's all I said in our preview last week. Limit the turnovers. What happens? You get a a kid who just got off online school to, to try to help you win a football <laughs> game and shanks a 30 yarder and then they have a huge uh oh, scoop and score fumble that, i mean you can't you can't make those plays if you want to be in national contention so yeah that one that's just a tough situation you can't expect him to really nail that kick i mean whether it was a chip shot or it was a 30 yarder or not man that is a lot to ask that guy parks you had something to say before he cut you off yeah, I'm glad he went first because mine, yeah, <laughs> my, mine's not important. Kidding. So I was just going to say I was damn near spot on. There. I was a good kicker away from having a perfect guess. So that was, you know, a little demeaning to my my ego. But uh, you got to take a look at just how important kickers are in the college game. And I think college game days made that a little bit more apparent, making kids kick 33-yard field goals and then belittling them. So kickers are very I'd important. And Clemson, Clemson, you think so? Like a 20, isn't he like a 26-year-old dude? Drill it, like, yeah. Isn't he in grad? Isn't he in like grad school or something? Yeah, I, like I he was sitting on his couch. Saying, I would saying. make that thirty-five yard field goal. <laughs> you think you would? Now maybe you with, you'd all, with all those people around might be tough. But if you just threw me on a field, like if us four went out there to a field had a holder, I'd kick that thirty-five yard guaranteed. Dude, I don't know if I'd make it. Desmond Howard would laugh in the background. I'd be mentally just deplenished. Do for I being get pissed. one chance? Do I get one chance? Yeah, you get one. That's all that kid had. Yeah, you got to make one kick, man. Go up ten. But I get a. It's all you warm got. up the leg, right? So you don't pull a hamstring or anything, right? Like, I got to warm sure. up. Sure. I, don't yeah, I mean, that's what they do on the sideline, don't they? I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm saying I could hit that. I, I kicked a little bit back in high school. I had a little fun with that. I'm telling you, I could do it. Oh, just my saying. God. Do you, you know what I'm saying? You sound right now. You sound. That's, a, that's video. Right there. <laughs> Piece of content. 35-yard challenge. We each go. You ever seen that Saturday Night Live? It's like when LeBron was like super, super young and Jason Sudeikis like tries to play him in one-on-one and he's like, yeah, I played a little ball, little JV back in Kansas, little JV ball. (laughs) Then he just, I don't know, he plays LeBron and it's, I don't know, it's kind of dumb and stupid, but that's like what you sound like right now, that you kicked a little bit in high school, that you could make a 35-yard field goal. On the national fun, though, stage, like we would do it. In front of hundred thousand people, you know, what kick is. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying just in general. I'm not saying I'm going to go out there, try out there tomorrow, and nail it. Well, I'm saying you're like also a, kicking in front of a thirty-five yarder. Period. 
if you're kicking in front of hundreds of thousands of people to, like to win a game, I'm guessing it's not the first time you try to kick a field goal in your life. Like you should probably yeah. be able to make that. Like that's just that's also my thing too. And the other thing too is like it's Clemson. How how can you not recruit a guy to kick? Like how can you not? You're a Division One football team that is competing for an ACC title. How many years? How can you just not get a guy that wants to kick at your school? I'm I'm sure they had injuries somewhere and some issues. But let's go to the next one. Alabama over Ole Miss and a little bit of a handle situation. Ole Miss didn't look great. They couldn't get the run game going. They never really looked like they had anything going. Dart wasn't able to hit the deep passes. That really would have opened up the Alabama defense. Alabama looks good. They still look good. Even after our loss to Texas, people were questioning them a ton. They're still there, man. I still think they're the favorite in the West. They could still make the playoff even. I think the big one for me is the offense still didn't look great. And that's not a very good Ole Miss defense, right? Like, what do you, what do they have to do at this point? Like Milrose, obviously the best option in order to improve themselves. So they can not only win the West here, but that they can have a chance at a playoff and maybe winning a playoff game, right? Like what, what's next? I wish I knew, but I don't think it's going to turn around for them. I, the one spotlight I, I thought Alabama showed was McClellan got to a hundred yards. I thought that showed a little bit of promise. I think that that this team is going to need to rely on him more as the season goes down the line and we start getting into more tougher games in November and October. Um, But I just don't – I think this team's also going to have to use Milrow like to go north and south Mm -hmm. more. Like he's going to have to have more design runs um, and kind of keep him from making too many decisions. I think you need to simplify the playbook a little bit for him and make simpler decisions and use what's good for him. Uh, I I thought Dallas T- Turner played fantastic. I think he's a top five defensive guy in college football. Defense, like you said, JP, is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I was really high on Ole Miss's offense, and they looked kind of invisible in that second half. Um, so when you have a defense like that, Alabama's going to be in contention, but I don't know. I still don't. I don't know if I trust Milrow down the stretch when things are really going to turn up here. So, I think the issue, I think A&M looks like a bad matchup for him, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. like I don't know how bad of a matchup LSU could be because they still struggle defensively. But when you put yourself in a spot where A&M has a really good defensive front, they have a good defense. They also now have, you know, you would assume Wegman comes back, even with Max Johnson, they've shown the ability to run the football. They've shown the ability to stretch the passing game. That's a bad matchup now. Like when your offensive line with Alabama is that bad, it it really puts a like a fork in the road. And obviously, that's not happening this week, but it's going to be down the road. But I think you need to look at the big picture when they already have a loss, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not an SEC loss, but a second loss you can almost say puts you out of. Ah, I take that back. I still kind of think there might be a <laughs> you, two loss. You team say that. I but, say it. If they get to two, they're out. They're out. I still I'm counting think, it right I think now. there's a real possibility you can get a two-loss team in still. I really do. <laughs> and it, it just depends on like what happens everywhere else, and we'll see as we go. But it, it kind of feels like we're moving that direction with this. Many good teams have one loss already, and the amount of teams that still have to play each other and then play three other really good teams, top-end teams, two losses doesn't seem that crazy. Parks, are you on my side with this? Or no? I, I, are you talking about the playoff thing? Because, yeah, I'm on your side. I think a two-loss team could make it. I think this is the most wide-open college football's ever been. I haven't seen complete dominance out of any team. Like, I mean, you mm-hmm. can't judge Georgia or Michigan yet, but I just haven't seen it enough to not think that. I mean, I was kind of taken back last week when somebody had mentioned that it could 11-1 and one Notre Dame make it. Why not? Maybe. 
Yeah, I think I mean, so. it's gonna be tough. Right? It's just a conference thing. Yeah, a three-point last loss, play loss to Ohio State game. would kick you out. I would be shocked and appalled. I but think the NCAA is also need to be in as well. I think you need Ohio State to at least play for. They either the need to be title. eleven to one and just miss the Big Ten title, or they need to be in it. Okay, that's they fair. Win it. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, no, it's wide I, open. I think you're in. I think you're good. Yeah, again, like we'll we'll see Ole Miss this weekend again in a game we'll talk about. I think that is going to be um, this is going to tell us a lot about both teams when they play LSU, Alabama. I think we're still kind of we're waiting to see if we'll get anything bigger. Parks, what? I think you got to let Reese mention his helmet sticker went out to the Alabama defense. So Reese, that was a good week for the Alabama D. They could take him to the SEC West title. I did mention that. Yeah, their their defense played extremely well. I mean, holding that Lane Kiffin offense, so I think the least amount of points he's ever scored since he's been at Ole Miss, so it's pretty impressive if you're because everybody was high, like, this is the time Ole Miss can do it, this is the time, this is the time they're going to do it, and they left no doubt that they were not going to let that happen, so. I'm going to assume Vegas had a good day on that one. I don't I don't know exactly what the handle was on the betting market, but I'm going to assume they had a good day, and I think they had a kind of lucked out when Ohio State covered or pushed the three, too. And they had a, a lot day. of people on Notre Dame. All the Colorado riders. I mean, Vegas had a yeah. day. Yeah. I, Vegas tends to have a lot of days. Not for me. That might yeah. be the biggest <laughs> Those day. bastards. Yeah, who are you talking about? They really needed it. No. Shaver, did you just shake your head and say not Not me? for me. They didn't get their money from me. Oh, my God. <laughs> didn't get baby. their money from me. They profited $30 billion and served out 35 bucks. They got <laughs> Just not able to heat their pool anymore. Schaefer took too much money from them. I just took oh, somebody's Utah, uh, dinner away UCLA. from their child. <laughs> Utah over UCLA in an absolute slugfest, fourteen to seven. It was actually only seven points uh, offensively for UCLA and seven points offensively for Utah. Pick six earlier in that one from Dante Moore to the Utah defense really was the difference on I think the first play from scrimmage for the UCLA Bruins. UCLA, man, I I think that was kind of – I didn't expect that low scoring, but I did expect more to struggle in that situation, whether they're a good t- – I still think UCLA is a good team. The defense is good. Utah still got a lot of offensive questions, but I think your biggest takeaway from that is that somehow Utah continues to win these football games with a really poor offense and backup quarterbacks and just one of the best defenses in the country. I mean, Wayneham is – a wizard in this situation. I know they were at home and they played a freshman quarterback, but that freshman quarterback is very high on a lot of people's boards. Mm-hmm. He's going to be really good. Give him a year. He's like DTR right now. He, very similar in the fact that DTR came in as a freshman, had a lot of turnover problems. You saw the sparks, his ability to make plays. Maybe it takes him a year or two to develop in that offense for Chip Kelly. But, you know, can UCLA rebound? I think they will. Utah, how about go get challenged again this weekend? Now you're going to Corvallis. We'll get to that one as well later. That's going to be crazy. Anybody have on this anything on this game that they really want to touch on? I, I think this was a third TV one for me, which is saying it, it acts like I'm belittling the game, but like there were so many games on at the time. It was really hard to keep everything straight, and you had to pick TVs for each of them. I couldn't tell if I was watching the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. Dude, it was like yep. the slowest-paced Pac-12 game I think I've ever seen. But, I mean, was, good I on Utah right there. Yeah, it yeah. was. There was no, there I was a pick just, six, but there would have been multiple if it was Iowa, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There would have been a safety and a <laughs> missed kick, too. Uh, I, I think with that one, I think we just have to take it for what it was, as ugly as it was. I don't think we learned that much about a lot of teams other than just Utah continually finding ways to win games. Let's go to the last one that we'll cover in recaps. Wazoo and Cam Ward go ballistic in the first half and get 
a win over Oregon State as three-point dogs. This one was dicey late. And I think when you look at it, as a, they kind of controlled the whole game, but it got dicey kind of in the last minute, two minutes there. They got out to a real a good lead on a couple really big plays. They played good defensively. And they were very opportunistic when Oregon State made mistakes, right? DJU didn't look bad, but he wasn't really getting his feet under him for a long time. They kind of hit a stride late second quarter, early third quarter. But it was kind of too little too late with that explosive of an offense with Wazoo. Cam Ward should definitely be in a Heisman consideration. If he's not in the top 10 or top 5, you're psychotic and not paying attention to this sport. This one is huge. For the Cougars. I think they, they had to have that one for a belief standpoint for them. I think they knew they could win it and really believed in themselves. But what this does is kind of put everybody on notice. You're now getting everybody's best shot. People know it's hard to win in Pullman. But this team is now playing with a ton of confidence. And so we'll see where this goes. Any takeaways on this one? Because Oregon State was one of those teams that a lot of people liked as a dark horse to make the Pac-12 title game. With an early loss like this and still teams they got to play, I think it might take them out of that race. I love Cam Ward. I love that man. I, I can't get enough of watching him play football. He's so good. If he's not in your top three Heisman contenders right now, you're crazy because he's dominant, man. He had four total, I mean, three touchdowns in the first half, and it was his line. He had thrown like two incompletions. I mean, he was dominant all day. He was involved in all five touchdowns for out of Washington State. I mean, this is a good team, a team that I picked preseason to at least win seven games on the Mike Leach tribute play, just my ethical play of the year. Yep. Holy shit, man. They're on a good road to do so. I mean, this team looks good. They What do they rank this week? 16th? They moved it to 16th? 16, so, I believe. Yep. Yeah, watch out. Watch out in Pullman. There's a lot of energy bumping around there. When you're looking at this, Schaefer, are you more stunned in the fact that how Wazoo won? Or are you kind of like looking at Oregon State like this defense did not show up? No, I don't, I don't really see it that way at all. Uh, I see a couple of different things. Number one, this adds another... I don't know. Said is another conference contender to the loaded Pac-12 that we yep. see right now. I mean, this adds another one to the list. My opinion doesn't really change on either of these teams. Oregon State, Martinez didn't get to 100. I mean, I don't know if that was a deciding factor, but he is undefeated when he gets to it. So yep. that's something you got to look at. And as far as the Wazoo side of things, I mean, we knew Cam Ward was going to be great this year. I didn't think the offense was not going to slow down. Um, but the defense made enough plays, and and I think if they can keep offenses, like you said last week, JP, at bay, I think if they can keep these teams yep. to 31 or 28, maybe 35, I think this is a good enough offense in the Pac-12. Yeah, to absolutely, to give yourself a shot in any sort of game. Um, And outside of Oregon, and like I said, I haven't looked at the schedule. Outside of Oregon, I don't think there's a defense uh, that will really give Wazoo that much fits right now. Um, and still have the offense to compete. Like I look at Utah, if the, if Washington State plays them, I think the defense is good enough to slow Ward down, but Utah's offense right now doesn't prove enough to me for them to keep up. So if offensively and defensively, I think Oregon's the only team right now that could give this team a sure for, for well, sure. If I you a Washington. I think that game could get into the, <laughs> to, in the hundreds. <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, you're right. Washington's defense is playing stout. I think – that's another team, especially in the state, that's not getting talked about enough. Um, but I want to see they made their way into a I, top five in some people's ballots. I I agree. I want to see more defensively from them, um, yep. just from based on kind of who they've played. But I think you're right; they're kind of in that category with Oregon too. That was a good point. Yep. And then lot 
we'll touch on this one quickly. It was a shellacking. There's no real reason to cover it like it mattered because it really didn't in the long run. Oregon slaughters, takes Colorado oh, oh. behind the woodshed, absolutely torches them in a way that a lot of people thought was going to happen. And the line told you was going to happen. I just didn't think it was going to happen I that you, fast. Um, I thought you were shellacking, game. beating, just took it to him. Hey, I, I look at Colorado, <laughs> and you can't really change your opinion on Colorado that much because they – they were 21 point dogs. They were playing in Eugene and they had, were without Travis Hunter. And uh, some people that thought they would stay in it would just thought they'd put up 40 and stay in that game. Well, when you can't protect Shadour, it doesn't matter. Right. Reese with this one, are you, did anything really change in your opinion of either team? Like, are you now higher on Oregon? Are you lower on Colorado? Maybe like anything in between, anything in between, like anything changed for you? Not really, because I knew that the Oregon or the Colorado line wasn't gonna be able to do much for Shadour. I figured they would be able to score seventeen or twenty points. Like I didn't think Oregon was gonna that defense was gonna show up like they did that well. I thought they'd find a way to still score because that offense has found ways to do so. Um but yeah, their their line of play over at Colorado was abysmal and Oregon is completely dominated, especially in that um in that in Eugene. Uh, the Colorado just didn't travel, and yeah, it's it's it, it, the line. The line was what it was because that's what those teams are. Yeah, and it's actually around that number again as Colorado comes back home for the week. Any other things you want to touch on with that game? Yeah, all the morons out there that are saying that game would have been completely different if Travis Hunter played. It's football, buddy, not basketball. Did not watch that game. Yeah, no, that game would have been absolutely no different. So. Uh, it's what we all needed to, just to get some breathing room from ESPN. But then, you know, Travis Kelsey decided to date Taylor Swift. I don't know Swift, if you so. know this or not, but they are still pumping the tires of Colorado with the promos of Game of the Year when they mm-hmm. have USC at home this week. Well, it's it doesn't help that Keyshawn Johnson's blowing smoke up everybody's asses like nobody game plans anyway. So it it's just get him out. Get him out. Just a guy a like week. that to say coaches were game planning against Colorado. Coaches share information all the time. They do it at the high school level. Yeah. They do it at every level. Coaches give each other stuff. Like it has nothing to do with who you're playing. Like it's they're friends. Everybody has friends in the coaching circle. Everybody's coached at six, seven different schools. Information is always shared. Now, if you're in the same conference, probably not as much because you want to keep that information for yourself and help your team in the long run. But I don't think it was that big of a deal. And it wouldn't have mattered, to be honest with you. Um, like that's just a comment where you're trying to get clicks and it works. Like people get clicks out of it and it really helps just putting the word Colorado in a lot of your stuff gets you clicks and gets attention and brings and not, all these impressions to your socials. Not to mention the integration with how many coaches have been different places. Like how many assistants have Nick Saban had that then go to other places? Like, you don't think there's grad assistants or pe- people of that mm-hmm. rank that are sharing information with their buddies that they still drink, hang out with, maybe played with at the same school. Like there's so yeah. many coaches in a football program where information gets tossed around, even when you don't think it is. Yeah, 100%. That'll do it for week four. The recaps on that, we are not talking about anything else that happened in that week. We're jumping into week five, into that slate. It's a fact. I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody's laughing here. I mean, Schaefer chimed in right before you said that. You said slacking. Building it up, he goes, this game was a slacking. It didn't even matter. I don't even know why they played it anyways. Colorado was not the first game that came to my mind when you said that. I just want to make that clear. It was not the first game that came to mind. It should have been. It happened first. (laughs) There's another game that happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Actually, as far as I'm concerned, none of my teams played this weekend. So think about that one, Schaefer. That's what I thought. I got outscored 81 by 81 points in two games. 81. 
that's that's like basketball territory. That's Tough so week. Um, it was it was not great. I, I've actually had a lot better days. Believe it or not, seventy points in an NFL game is absolutely asinine. <laughs> I mean that that's just that's His unprecedented. That's unprecedented. <laughs> like Iowa's <laughs> offense can be whatever, but seventy points in an NFL game me? is absolutely insane. <laughs> the defense is bad. They're so bad. Like I don't have anything for you. Like what do you? There's no way to break that down. Like and what? I don't. I didn't watch the end, but I heard they could have kicked a field goal or scored two for the record. Yeah, they, they took they a have. knee. They took a knee. <laughs> could have set the record. Like, Dude's dying at his tomb too cold. God damn. Yeah, Schaefer beats Oklahoma two State. Colts. Two in a row. Eighty percent of the people that want to quit. <laughs> two in a row. So hey, let's go to week five. Damn it, let's go to week five. Week five, we're going to start out with Utah traveling to Oregon State. Oregon State, a three-point favorite at home in Corvallis. They'll bring in the Utes. No one has any idea. You can't really guess with Whittingham. I thought Rising would play a little bit last week. Did not. I don't know if he'll play this week even. We're going to have to find out. But here's what I do know about this game is that Utah has played really, really good defense. And they're going to have to if they're going to have to, if they're going to slow down the Oregon State running game. They're running the ball really well. We talk about it all the time. Six point three yards per rush. Utah's only given up two. Something's got to give there, right? Well, then you're like, well, maybe DJ you can air it out through his receivers and weapons on the outside, like he did last week a little bit. You know, like that. That seems feasible. Like eight yards an attempt. That's right in the middle of the pack. Well, Utah's only given around six. So this defense has been really good, and they've been tested. It isn't like they have been playing Iowa every weekend, right? Like, they've been tested. And when I look at this one, it all comes down to if Rising plays, how rusty is he? Does he really bring that bring that big of a jolt to the offense? I think with his legs, yes, because he's a talented runner. He can extend plays. His knowledge of the offense and playing in these environments really helps that team. What doesn't help that team is if he doesn't play and you're throwing in a guy to Oregon State who's really coming off a loss that they feel they should have won. That's a game they really needed and wanted. Now they're back home going against a team that's won the back-to-back Pac-12 titles. This is going to be huge for them, and I think it'll be really tough for Utah to win this game. But I think last week really overshadowed how good Oregon State's been on defense. Now, they were obliterated through the air. Cameron Ward lit them up, right? But they've been excellent against the run. And what does Utah want to do? Run the football consistently. Every down they get a chance, they're going to run the football. And they're not going to go away from it. I think Whittingham's shown that he is going to stay with the run game. And Utah, outside of a couple plays, one against Florida in the opening drive, has not shown the ability to go down the field. So this is an interesting matchup. Maybe this is the one Rising comes back and Whittingham's been holding him back to you know get healthy and be ready for a game like this when you really need them but it's tough for me to really find where this game gets to a shootout right and so i'm thinking under i think that number is about 42 43 if i'm not mistaken um let me just make sure i have the right now. Yeah, 44 and a half i think this one goes under this is going to be a slugfest right and i'll take i'll take oregon to cover i'll take oregon to win the game i'll also go under i think this is like 24 13 something like that right um so anything else on this game that you guys want to talk about i think dju has a bounce back game i think the defense really will have i'm not going to say a reawakening because it was one week right and they've shown that they can play really good defense 
But can Utah really take a step forward on offense? I'm not sold that it's going to happen when they go to Corvallis. Go ahead, Cam. Okay. Uh, I uh, I like Oregon State here Ooh. too, JP. I think it's a good spot for them. I agree. I think, you know, you had mentioned that if Rising plays, is he going to be able to run the football and add that element that really they've been looking for? But is he going to be limited, right? You've waited this long to come back from injury. You try and rush him back for what they think is a game that they need him for. All of a sudden he yep. gets re-injured. So kind of what his limitations are are going to tell this story. Um, but I think Oregon State, man, they kind of got – they still had an identity last week. They just couldn't get the stop when they needed against a much high, more high-powered offense than we thought was going to happen, happen at Washington State. So give me Oregon State. I think they get the, the win at home this week and kind of – it's a tough week. Here's a question I, I want to bode for you guys or put out there and let's see what you think. At what point is it too late to bring him back? Like, what is you? Are you waiting for something? Is he really that hurt? Because we so, don't know how hurt he is. Like, we don't know what he looks like. In it's practice. not. It's not Winningham's call. So the reason why he's not playing is because the doctor has not cleared him to play. Um, for whatever reason, apparently he's been taking full reps. Whatever. Apparently mm-hmm. he's been pretty transparent about that. But it, for some reason, I don't know if there's a certain timetable when it comes to an ACL injury especially in football being a contact sport. I think everybody's different. You know, they don't they want to make sure that things fully ready to go. Just he doesn't want to make a bad cut or take a bad hit. I think Oregon State defensively is going to feel really refreshed when they see Nate Johnson yeah. go on the field. I the guy <laughs> threw for 117 yards last week um and he couldn't run the ball and that's that's his main priority is using his legs. So I like Oregon mm-hmm. State in this spot. I think they're going to do uh, do just fine running the football. Um Martinez was he's great, but Deshaun Fenwick also had 100 yards last week. So they're going to use that two-back system. And I think defensively, even if – I don't know. Rising could come out and play, but like you guys said, I, he's not going to blow me away. I think they still have a bunch of other injuries like Kuthi and everybody else on the offensive side of the ball that even if Rising plays, he won't save them. So. Yeah, and you really wonder how much of a lift it brings. Like is it more explosive? Is it just more consistent? Is it, you know, consistent drives are now put together or does it get more explosive and they're hitting more big plays? I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. Reese, you were raising your hand. You have something to say on this one. I was going to say, if not this week, I think next week sounds like a good spot for him. I mean, they play Cal at home, so it's going to be a nice spot to kind of get him back in because they also yep. got USC the week after that and then um, Oregon at home the week after. Yeah, Oregon I mean, it's not that, getting so. easy. They better this get is- him in early. This is the meat of the Pac-12 schedule that we were talking about in the preseason of how nasty it gets for a lot of these teams. Let's go round table. Who wins this game? I think Parks is on Oregon State with me. Schaefer, are you on Oregon State, or do you like Utah and the points? Uh, I'm going to take Oregon State in this spot. And I, I've, I've since the Friday night game, I've really thought about taking Oregon State, but not not certain on that one yet. Reese, to you on this one. I'll go against the grain. I'll take Utah. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, good, that is good news for Oregon State. That's yeah, good that, news for the pick. You can always rely on Reese picking Utah. I wonder, welcome, everybody. but You're Utah welcome. has a reputation for doing this, right? <laughs> is nobody really thinks they're going to win a game or they're not going to stay. Like, think about USC last year. It's different when they're at home, though. The random spots. It's right? different when they're at yeah, home. But still, like, they, this is what Whittingham does is he wins games as underdogs and close games where he just grinds it out, right? So. That, that's all I'm saying on this one. I think it'll be a great game. And it is Friday night. You're right, Schaefer. It'll be a great one to start your weekend. To the next one we go, we have Florida traveling to Kentucky to play the Wildcats. In Lexington, the Wildcats are 4-0. Had they looked like themselves? Some people think yes. Some people think no. But Florida has kind of maybe gotten their 
feet under them a little bit. They'll now travel for an SEC East battle. Parks, you have this one. Talk about it a little bit for us. Yeah, so kind of a, a weird spot here with 4-0 Kentucky being unranked and getting a, a ranked Florida team on the road coming in. Florida's really had tough tests on their schedule this far, and that's what Kentucky hasn't had. That's why they're not ranked. Um, Florida obviously lost to Utah to start the year, and then they get they beat Tennessee in week three. However, I'm not sure if many people know this, but they only beat Charlotte this weekend 22-9. to So it wasn't the most impressive thing. Maybe it was an overlooked spot where they're looking forward towards this Kentucky game. Um, but Kentucky just kind of rolled through their opponents outside of Eastern Kentucky. They've also had a slip up where they only beat Eastern Kentucky 28 to 17. Now, if you go back, does that tell the story of that game? Who knows? But this Kentucky team's for real, man. They have some weapons on the outside. They're going to be exciting to watch. I think Tavion Robinson has a big day. Um, but both defenses have been splendid this far through the season. They both defend the rush incredibly well. Um, when looking at both of these defenses, Florida gives up 82 and a half yards on the ground a game and Kentucky only gives up 77 and a half. So really, really good rush defenses on both sides of the ball. I think you're going to need to see more of a Graham Mertz impact through the air for this Florida team to be successful on the road. But then on the other side, you got NC state transfer, Devin Leary, who's having a pretty good start to the year. He's already thrown over a thousand yards this season, but he's thrown five picks too. So he's got to read the defense a little bit better because defense, obviously we just said, Florida has a good defense rolling in here, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. The line's even for a reason. The pick percentage even is even for a reason. It's going to be a good game, 11 a.m. kick. Tune into Kroger Field, and I think that Florida gets the win on the road. I don't think this Kentucky team's been tested enough. This number is also 44.5 for your over-under. I think you bring up a good point with Leary, right? Like He was kind of a secret in some facets that a lot of people didn't realize he came in from NC state and they really didn't know how good he was at NC state. Now, he, sometimes he had these issues at NC state with the turnovers, but it's really shining right now, especially not going to go against great defenses, mm-hmm. right? Kentucky's always been a run first team. They've shown the ability to throw the football in the past. Don't get me wrong, but they're gritty. They play good defense. It seems like Napier and this Florida team have kind of grown to be very similar, right? In the way they do things. I think Leary is the better quarterback, but I think Mertz has grown more in these four games that they've played. He's been challenged more, like you were saying. This is going to be an interesting one because you kind of look at the East and you're like, well, who's number two, right? Is it Tennessee? Is it Florida? Is it Kentucky? Missouri. Like You could kind of go down the list. Is it Missouri? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of open over there. And so I think this will tell you a ton, but it's going to be – this one might be one that I'm like, there's no way I'm getting near the betting line on one of these games. Yeah, no, this one's so 50-50. Happened. Even the defense is both in total offense, total defense. On both sides of the ball, we're almost dead even. It was a crazy split. Yeah. I think Kentucky gives up a little bit more through the air, so that's why I think Mertz makes a bigger impact this weekend. But on paper, it's an almost impossible pick to make. It's basically you just pick one and hope for the best. 100%. I, I don't know... If I'm looking at this game from 5,000 feet, like I'm just looking down, you got a short home favorite or a pick situation with Kentucky in a year where people thought they were the guaranteed number two in a lot of situations. They're now getting challenged for the first time. Florida's been challenged a couple times. Do you think Kentucky was kind of always building to this point? Like maybe they just haven't hit a groove yet because they're looking so far forward, or maybe they were just having issues um, gelling in some spots, and that's the only reason the offense hasn't clicked. Like, to me, I think you have to take the home team here, right? Like, this is college football. I think that's the one-point difference, right? Does Mertz really go into Lexington and 
play really good football and doesn't turn it over. I don't know. He's we've seen both sides of him this year. Schaefer, to you on this one, like is it Kentucky with a better quarterback and a Stoops team that never really beats itself, or is it a Napier team that's kind of finding its footing? I like where Florida's at right now. I'm I'm much higher on this team and willing to admit I was wrong in some spots on this team. Uh but I think it's going to come down to quarterback play and who's more consistent. I think that both of these guys had had some inconsistencies mm-hmm. this year. Uh, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, and I'll give you the stat line. Mertz was 20 of 23 for 253 yards last week, zero picks. I said that that 20 to 25 passing range when he's completing like 70 or 80% of his throws, I guarantee Florida will win 90% of those football games when he puts out something like that. Ricky Pearsall is a guy on the outside that's, Coming into his own, I think he had like 120 yards last week. I was down on him. I thought he dropped a lot of balls in that Utah game, but he's starting to find his spot, and he might be the best receiver on the field. And when it comes to the running back rooms, it's hard to pick against Florida right now. I love the johnson Mm -hmm. TN duo. But at the same time, we were really high on Kentucky. I think, JP, you kind of mentioned it. They really just haven't played anybody. I thought offensively they kind of found their groove a little bit against Vandy last week, which was something we needed to see. Uh, but it's it's hard to say I'm siding with Kentucky right now because I just haven't seen it yet from this team. But we knew this team would be 4-0. We yeah. just thought that they would make it easier getting in, getting to this spot than what they have right now. How about, how about this stat? You look at Kentucky like we were talking about earlier. They – kind of tend to be a more of a rush team they with quarterback runs and then they've had Chris Rodriguez in certain situations and in the past where get him the football right how about ranks 132nd in rush attempts a game with only 24 pass attempts they rank 70th with 31 now that that's pretty balanced but when you when I think about Kentucky I'm thinking run the ball run the ball run the ball they're still running at a really good clip at five and a half yards a carry well bad news Florida's giving up less than three a pop. That's, I mean, the tail of tape's going to be who runs football in this game. Reese, anything to add on this one? Do you have a pick for it? Um, I'm going to go with Kentucky for this one. He bet against that home team. I really, I really want to take Florida too, but I'm going to take the home team as well. I'll take Kentucky. Two two split. Yeah, I just like that. Schaefer, I'll I'll admit I'm wrong. I think I I think Florida's going to get this one done. Two or two, baby. There it is. Two two split right there. Kansas at Texas, undefeated matchup in Austin, as the now-ranked Kansas Jayhawks will go down there and play Texas. Texas looked great last week, obliterated um, Baylor, and Kansas took care of business with BYU at home. What happens now, Reese? It, to me, it's going to be, can, can, or can Texas now play down to Kansas' level? Um, Kansas just came off a win or a win against Baylor, or not Baylor, um, BYU last week. Didn't look the greatest. Um, that defense, uh, they have a great rush rush defense, but that uh, pass is awful. They go up 357 yards, um, and then that Texas defense also has a stout run game. So it's going to be what can Jalen Daniels do, um, I think, with that rush game. Um, what's Neil going to be like? I don't know if that run game is going to be there quite so much. Um, I got Texas only giving up 90 yards a game on the ground, and then Kansas is um, averaging over 200 yards on the ground, so. Which one is going to go there? I think they're going to have to. Kansas is going to have to turn to the air more, um, even though Texas has a pretty solid secondary. You get them at home, and I think the reason why I think I don't think Kansas can win this game. Maybe they have a shot to cover. Um, if they're going to win, Jalen Daniels is going to play. That, I think the best game he's ever played so far. 
But Texas just did what they did. We're supposed to do last week. So I think that's maybe a little bit of a letdown spot for them where they might be looking ahead to Oklahoma next week. I know Kansas is a better team, but it's still Texas, and it's still you're playing Kansas. And if you look at the history of college football, this is a team where you don't really give a second glance at it. Um, so I think Texas might have a chance, chance to overlook them this week. Um, they just can't play down to their level. If Ewers turns the ball over, gives them extra chances, they can keep it close. They might have a chance at the end. But I think Worthy and Mitchell can have a day against this. Kansas secondary, and as long as yours doesn't turn the ball over, they can be just fine at home. Yeah, Kansas' defense has kind of showed their teeth a little bit. Like, they've gotten much improved. And have they been super challenged? No, but in places where you could say, yeah, that's a team that's worth, you know, looking at and understanding what they've done against them, they're still ranking in good spots. I mean, they're ranking in the top 25 with rush yards a game. They're ranking uh, in the top 10 of, um, oh, excuse me top 40 of yards per rush that they're giving up. They're ranking in the top 50 of pass attempts and the completion percentage. Like they've been good, right? Like is that, is that the same when you bring in yours and a high flying offense and all these weapons literally all over the field and the offensive lines, like Kansas got a good offensive line and they're all right on the defensive front, but they're not going to live up to like Texas whipped on an Alabama offensive line that we know is not very good. What can they do against a Kansas offensive line? What can Texas offensive line do against a Kansas front seven? I think it could be just as ugly in some spots, right? Yeah, it could. I think the bright spot for Texas this week is, you, like Reese said, they have a, a multiple offensive weapons on the outside. But I think Xavier Worthy is going to be matched up on Kobe Bryant, who's probably one of the best players in the Big 12. And he showed that over the, the first four weeks. Now, can can Kansas continue this high road of offense that they've been on? They're going to need to. This is by far the best team they played. You know, And you ask about Kansas two years ago, if you put Illinois and BYU on their schedule, you're probably thinking they're going to at least lose both of them, if not one. So I think this is a very important spot, not only for Kansas and Texas being themselves as college football programs, but for me and Schaefer, as Schaefer was all hate on Kansas at the beginning of the year. They're 4-0, Jake, 25th in the country. They're getting bowl eligible. I'm telling you, they're getting bowl eligible. I'll, I'll give you that one. They're going to get to a bowl game, but I, I'm still very skeptical on this football team. Uh, the last time we saw Daniels in Austin, we saw him make some magical plays with his legs and stuff out, outside of the pocket, but this is a completely different Texas team than that game was two years ago. The biggest thing for me is does can how far how long does Kansas rely on the run game of Devin Neal, or will they just have to rely on Daniels using his legs? Like how long can they stay with it? If Texas is scoring back to back to back possessions, do they still try to run the ball or do they force it and they ask Daniels to make more plays than I think he's capable of? Um Keaton Slovis had over like 350 yards passing last week. And while I think Kobe Bryant's a, a nice player, I think the rest of the secondary and that defensive line is going to struggle to get pressure on yours. And I see this wide receiver group having a heyday. But we've also seen Texas at 2.30 in the afternoon sleepwalk through games. So that wouldn't surprise me either. Yep. But I think if they're not looking ahead, this team really locks in, I think this could get, I think this could get ugly and I think Texas could cover at home. I think you made a good point, though. They kind of sleepwalk through some of these games. It's very important for Texas to get off to a good start because they didn't really do that against Wyoming, and it was scary for three quarters. So I think Texas needs to get off to a hot start and not overlook this and, you know, just go through the regular report and be themselves because if they play down to their level, like Reese said, it could be interesting for at least a half. 
100%. I'll take Texas. I'll take Texas to cover. That's my pick there. I did too many weapons, and I'm not saying Kansas doesn't get their own, but I think there's too much. I got my pick coming later. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll take I'll take uh, I'll take Texas too. I think Texas will win this game, but uh, maybe Kansas covers. All right, all right. Hey, maybe Kansas covers. I mean, that's not too confident in it. But it yeah, sounds no, like don't touch it. I'm not telling you to touch yeah. it. Don't touch it. <laughs> hey, let's go to LSU. They're traveling to Oxford to play Ole Miss. Ole Miss coming back home after not showing up very well in Tuscaloosa, taking a loss to the Tide. The offense hasn't looked great. Quinshawn Juggins still hasn't gotten going. And even Jackson Dart wasn't getting going last week. In a situation where they thought a lot of country, and me too, I thought they would really have a chance to battle and stay in that game. Well, they didn't. Like They couldn't move the football. They weren't able to get settled. Alabama kind of ran the ball whenever they wanted to. Now you get LSU. The run game is not as great for this LSU team, but they can air it out. And you got the best quarterback you've seen to date uh, for Ole Miss with Jaden Daniels coming into town. This is an interesting one for me because what has LSU been exposed? Their defensive secondary. Can Jackson Dart expose it? Yeah, he can, but they really want to run the football. And that's what LSU has done better is the run inside of things, the run defense, right? I think when you look at this one, LSU, I think they've hit a stride a little bit offensively. They still need to get there defensively to really say that they are the best in the SEC West and have a chance to get to that title game in Atlanta. But this is Lane Kiffin, right? Like you, I think he's a good motivator. He's going to have his team ready to go. They're coming back home. I know they're disappointed. They're hurting a little bit after last week. I think they were really confident going into Tuscaloosa. How confident are you now? Now you get a swing at two Giants in the West. Do you want to still have a chance to win that division? Here's your second chance, right? You get them back-to-back. And when you kind of get a team that's disappointed, but now you're like, hey, take it all in and then let it all out, you get another shot at this thing, right? I think that's the dangerous part, especially when you're at home. This one, to me, I think I like LSU more. I have LSU going to the playoff, and so I had them winning this game in the preseason. What I did not have is the secondary still struggling the way it has. Dart can get there. I think he can make the plays. I think it's going to be very close. This game is a two-and-a-half spread. Ole Miss is a two-and-a-half-point dog. What that's telling you is that without a home field, if this was in Baton Rouge, it's probably five, six around there. I think that tells you everything you need to know. I think this is just Oxford will give you a couple points, but do they really get going? I don't think so. I think you get the better quarterback in Jaden Daniels. I think you're going to have an LSU team that really knows they need to show up or they will get exposed to the air and maybe even on the ground still. Can Quinshawn get going? I'm not sure. Maybe he's still ailing an injury that's kind of sitting in the background. Is Akari Franklin going to be good this week? Is the defense going to be better this week? It's it's hard to tell me that they're going to be when they have an LSU team like this rolling in. So I think I like LSU to win. I'll take LSU to cover, obviously, with the short spread. But this could get exciting. This could be fireworks. It could be. And I think you made a good point. It really comes down to the LSU defense because I gave my best pick of the week last week and LSU minus 17 and a half against, at, at home against Arkansas. And their defense just can't get stops, man. And, and you're talking about an Ole Miss team with multiple weapons at each position. So they, it really comes down to that. That's as simple as it can be. LSU needs to get their points, but they need to make stops, especially with this Ole Miss team coming off a bad week and is looking to make a statement. Tough spot, but uh, I do think LSU prevails. But it's fireworks. Take the over. Yeah. I. You kind of look at Ole Miss, though. Like They struggled for most of the game against Georgia Tech and didn't get it going until late in the game to cover that. Last week, they didn't really get it going. Like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is like your 
again, you're licking your chops knowing this defense isn't great from LSU. We can hit them over the top. Maybe we run the football down their throat a little bit to open up the passing game. Who knows? I think mm-hmm. this could get super exciting. Schaefer, to you on this one, anything to add? Any picks, any sides I'm you I'm kind of waiting for, for Ole Miss to kind of turn it on. I think the defense has been giving them a good effort so far, especially the secondary. Um, and, and you really thought this offense would take that next step to make them a SEC contender. Um, for me, I, I don't – yeah, I don't know what's going on with Junkins. I don't know why he can't get going. I think it's partially because of the offensive line. I think the offensive line's kind of downgraded, especially run blocking this year. Um, we did see a little bit of Zakari Franklin last week. That was nice. Dayton Wade only had 88 yards. They just need more from their weapons. I think they have them. I think they do. And I think Jackson Dart's still good. Uh, this is an opportunity for them to really flip the switch for their season. I think if they can go into this game at home, Jackson Dart gets it right. The weapons find their groove. This is an opportunity for L- or Ole Miss now to go and get 10, 11 wins. If they can take advantage of that secondary for LSU, this is an opportunity for them to go and get 10 to 11 wins. Um, But the same can kind of go for LSU. They desperately still need this football game. But, hey, if if they lose this game, maybe this is kind of what you're talking about, JP. They could still run the table, beat Alabama, and now your two lost playoff teams getting in. I think LSU will still find a way to win this football game because I just haven't seen it from Ole Miss yet this year that makes me believe otherwise. Last time we were in Oxford for this one, LSU was beaten 31-17. Last year in Baton Rouge, LSU won 45-20. And Lane Kiffin's first year, LSU put up 53 and won 53-48. I mean, fireworks seem to be a special. Reese, on this game, who are you picking? Um, I like the Tigers. I think it's just a spot where that defense is going to have a little bit more prepared, and I think Jalen or Jaden Daniels, pardon hey. me, um, going to look a little, going to look a little bit better. Jackson Dart's obviously been pretty solid, but I think they're going to find a way to. I think there that defense is going to find a way to get more stops. I think it's like it's a bigger game for them to get prepared for, and I like the Tigers in this one. Perfect. I'll. I think we're all on LSU. I, I think we all agree that's going to be very exciting. Two for one fireworks in this one. You're going to get a touchdown on one end, maybe get one the next play on the other end back to you Reese you have Notre Dame at Duke this one could be just as exciting maybe not as many fireworks but I think you're going to get a Duke team a home again against one of the top dogs that they'll play on their schedule and Notre Dame coming off a disappointing loss at home what do you see with this one I think as long as Notre Dame can avoid the turnover debacle that Clemson faced at home I mean it's Duke is not the hardest place to play um, in the ACC but it's been proven that teams can go there and get beat. Um, Duke's coming off of playing three pretty mediocre opponents. They really haven't played anybody great since Clemson. Um, they haven't looked the best, but they've they've done what's necessary. Uh, probably been testing some things out, so getting prepared for this game. Um, instead, I saw two. Uh, Duke, if they score first since Elko has been there, they are eleven and zero. So if Duke can find a way to come out oh. uh, come out of the gates hot and get up on this Notre Dame team. Stats don't lie, um, but then <laughs> stats don't lie. Numbers but, are true. Then, but also, uh, Duke has seen Sam Hartman before. He just came from this conference, and they did beat him last year. Granted, it was at Wake Forest, but they did beat him last year. So it's not a coach. It's like it's like this is a coaching staff that has not seen Sam Hartman before. They know what his tendencies. They know what he's good at. What well, can we do to prepare for it? I don't think that they're going to be any experience when it comes to that. 
Duke is very good against the pass. They're only giving up 140 yards in the air, so I think they might turn to estimate a little bit more in that run game, see what they can do there, eat up some clock. And then Notre Dame, obviously, they just played a very solid defense last week. I don't expect them to be shut down like they were last week. I think Duke's going to have more holes in them, and they can find ways to um, figure it out. And I think Duke's going to be able to also going to be able to keep up and score with this team. I think Ryan Leonard's a better quarterback than McCord was, and I think he's going to be very interesting in this game. This over's at 52. I think this game could be very interesting and even go above that. I think this is going to be a, one of the most fun games of the weekend to watch. Yeah, the one thing I want to touch on, I think you hit it nail on the head there. I think Notre Dame is going to lean on that run You're game. Have to. Be. Like that's that's where Duke has shown the most vulnerability is that their run defense. Um and the passing numbers for Notre Dame might be skewed when you're looking at yards per game and stuff because Hartman's not going to throw it 45 times. He's not going to throw it 40 times a game. But he's efficient. 70% clip he's completing his passes. They're efficient when they do throw the football. That's the one thing I think that would make Duke's defense kind of um, maybe come up and give up extra things over the top or just um, dinking dunks here to extend drives for Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame is going to beat themselves. I don't think Duke is going to beat themselves either. I think they're a well-coached football team as well. So I'll take Oh, man. I kind of think this is going to be really close, like a three-point game, and I think this line's at, what, five and a half or so. I will take Notre Dame, but I'll take Duke to cover. I, I think, think this it'll is be a huge close. For... And yeah. that's a new environment. That's a new environment in Durham. No, they it'll be a lot awesome of people showing on national TV, too. Out. I think this is a tough spot for Notre Dame. This one makes me nervous. I think Duke's defense has been lights out this year so far, uh, and I, I need to see more from the Notre Dame receivers, like Merriweather, Tyree, like guys need to get open. I don't think they did a very good job of helping Hartman out last week. The run game's there. I think they have a really solid run game, um, and obviously they know what they're going to get out of that group, but can Notre Dame's defensive line get enough pressure on, on Riley Leonard? Just those two spots. Can the receivers get open, and can the defensive line get enough pressure on Riley Leonard? I see a scenario mm-hmm. where they're going to just struggle with that, and especially – in Durham at night, it's a tough spot, and that's coming from me. So I don't, I don't know how to feel about this game. You know, Parks, I'd ask for your pick, but I'm looking at this document here, and I'm thinking I should probably wait, right? Yeah, you can wait, but I do want to talk about. It. I do. I this is a huge game for Notre Dame, man, and how this team handles adversity. It'll give you every sign. I know I'd mentioned earlier, maybe they're an 11 one team that could get a playoff bid, but you got to handle adversity now because if they if they let last week roll over, which I don't think Marcus Freeman will let that happen. Then they're going to be in trouble because this Duke team is for real. People are buying into it. Game day is going to be there. Riley Leonard is a monster. So great game. Make sure you have this one. This is a main screen TV game this weekend, folks. Duke is for real. Watch this game. Uh, I won't give my pick away because, yeah, we got to talk about it soon. Reese, did you give your pick officially? No, I have not. I would love to take Duke uh, as, as good as they did at the beginning of the year. I think they're going to cover, but I think Notre Dame's going to win this game. Who's your one and zero predicting Duke games? I am. Yeah, so I thought I figured you want to stay with the Blue Devils, but I, I guess I understand. And now that Clemson's no longer going to make the playoff, you can just jump off that whole prediction train and act like it never happened, right? That'd have been <laughs> sick if they did it, right? Though. <laughs> it'd be sure That'd to be been cool nasty. If you know, we don't call that shit coming. <laughs> hey, let's jump to another game where a team loses a tough one at home. Now they go on on the road. We're going to quickly touch on this one. Clemson travels to Syracuse. Syracuse is a seven-point dog. The Orange are feeling good. I think that team is really confident. They're going to play in – I don't think it's called the Carrier anymore, but it doesn't matter. JMA Wireless. JMA Wireless. Shut up. JMA Wireless, buddy. I go there. I go there. I know where where that place is. Yeah, I am. 
right, can let's we, go. Wait, All right. Can we address can the fact up, quickly that Reese up early for this shit too. Reese went to the game last week, but then proceeded to text us drunkly that night and say he hadn't watched a second of football all day. It's like that's talking about the game. I'm talking about the other game. <laughs> okay, he said I have. I'm so drunk I haven't watched any football all day. Like you're at a game. game. Entire one. He's like, what are they yelling about? Was that that game? Yeah, dude. You want to talk about just a knife in the heart? I had over fifty and a half, and it got to like what forty six. Forty six. And they had a hit. They had it. They they go for a first down on like third and inches or whatever. They toss like a fifteen yarder. They get within the they get within like the five or whatever. And I'm like, there's thirty seconds left, dude. They're gonna fucking do it. Like this is what I did last week. They're gonna go for it. And I see him go for pick your formation, dude. I I got so pissed. <laughs> by yourself, by yourself, the dude in the upper deck, one on one. The dude in the upper deck in Syracuse gear just pissed. Set there in the victory formation. Yeah, yeah that guy's been tough. Hey, time to get off the bat for Clemson, though. I think you really, really need this one. Are you going to start having t- a team and players really doubt themselves and really look at this season like what? I mean, we have to play all these games left, but we really have no chance to get any of the goals that we set out to achieve accomplished, right? Get up off the map. But the problem is, is you got a team standing there who really is confident in themselves. They're feeling like Goliath right now, and they're used to playing you in tough games, whether that's in Syracuse, whether that's at Clemson. This team plays close games against this Tiger team, and so it's going to be a slug match. I mean, Schrader's a dog. The kid is gritty, one of the nastier quarterbacks in a lot of situations and his ability to control a game and really make plays where there isn't a play. We saw it all year last year. We saw it this year again at Purdue, and we've seen it in other situations. This one will be really good to see. I think Klubnik is, um, still has an opportunity to really – expand on that last game against Florida State if he can make one or two more throws if they can make one or two less mistakes offensively on the offensive line or maybe um, can a receiver step up for this Clemson team I think that's going to be the difference here because Syracuse has shown the ability to get beat through the air I'll take actually I'm not going to say anything you guys got to go well this later I'm sorry I think it's a big spot for Clemson, and I think what I expect from that offense is just to kind of slow the game down because you saw how effective Army was last week against the Syracuse team at the beginning of the game. Sicko's committee, we did. We tweeted about it. The time of possession, Army just dominates that. So I look for Will Shipley to have a huge game this week. Um, Club Nick needs to be serviceable. I don't think he needs to be extravagant. They just need to control the clock and kind of play a slower-paced game. I would take the under if I was going to make a pick in it. Um, but I think Clemson prevails on the road, honestly. Reese, to you on this one. I would love to say Clemson would win this ball game, but <laughs> I just don't think that You'd defense like is going to be able to stop Syracuse Clemson from scoring game. that much. And I don't know. If... You'd like to see Syracuse win this game. Oh, my bad. I'm, I'm oh, I was going to say, this kid is checked over. out on his playoff pick. <laughs> the, dog, the, dog, the dog over here is giving me attention. I got confused. Yeah, I would love to say Syracuse could win this ball game, but I I don't think they're going to get that many stops. I think Will Shipley, like Parker said, the deal on that, I think Shipley's going to have a hell of a day. It was so weird seeing, dude, also Army last week. They loved it. It was third and eight. They'd go in shotgun, and they would just do quarterback. Keep it that, that was their favorite thing. I don't know why we think that was going to keep working. But New school. New school military academy but, offense. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, give me uh give me Clemson. I think Syracuse can keep it close. Um covering, I think they can keep it I don't know. I would think ten to seven somewhere in there. I don't know if it's gonna come down to a field. I think goal. this is a really desperate team in Clemson. Schaefer, do you? Uh and that I don't want to bet against right now until I until I see otherwise. I liked what I saw from them offensively last week. Just gotta take care of the ball, man. Gotta make kicks, gotta win in the margins. So I think they will get it done this week against a lesser, more less experienced team. 
desperate times, call for desperate measures. Clemson gets it done on the road. Perfect. That will do our do it for our week five previews. There are other games going on. Obviously, we are, don't have a ton of time to touch everything. We'll talk about uh, the recaps next week. I think we got to go to the under the radar. We got to mention games that we did not preview, but we still think are going to be very important to this game. I'm going to start. I'll go Louisville at NC State, right? Louisville has to, they're now getting challenged. You have to go on the road. You have to beat an NC State team who's very tough to beat at home. That's a team I think that could be better than what they've shown. And Louisville's got to play defense. They could score with anybody. But how, as a three-point favorite on the road, it kind of tells you Vegas is like, yeah, I don't know. You're going to get challenged right here. So I'll take Louisville at NC State. I think this will tell you a lot about a Cardinals team with an easier schedule if they can make an um, SEC or an ACC title. Parks, you're, you're next. Whoever wants to go next, man, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Feel free. Well, Jackson, at it. Jackson? Oh, we're going in the order. Okay. Uh, well, my under-the-radar game of the week, I'm going to take West Virginia at TCU. I think it's a West Virginia team, obviously, that's coming off a big win against Tech. And then you look at TCU, you haven't heard much about them since week one when they got beat by Colorado, but it's a fan base that's buying back in. It's going to be a big game in Fort Worth. Two, three, and one teams that I don't think anybody would have expected at this point. So look to have a good game there. Maybe flip that one on the second or third TV. Neil Brown really would love to have this one. Yeah, he would. Reese, up to you. Um, I got South Carolina going to Tennessee. Spreads at 12 and a half. I think it's right where it should be. Uh, South Carolina's been playing well since week one when they played North Carolina. Uh, they were up on Georgia, and they just beat Mississippi State 37-30 last week. Uh, so it's a good road test for Beamer and the crew, and then Tennessee's first real test since the drubbing they got at the Swamp. Um, and then also, this Tennessee team needs to get off on the right foot right now because the next three weeks they got are pretty tough. They got A&M at home, they go on the road to Bama, and they go on the road to Kentucky. So they got to start playing well right, right now. Schaefer, you're last on under-the-radar games of the week. All right, before you guys give me shit, hear me out. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I didn't take Don't one. Say he, took one of, he was going to take one of ours, wasn't he? Don't For Oklahoma State, purposes, Oklahoma. I have Iowa State at Oklahoma. When you look at this game, a couple of things. I, I think the Big 12 <laughs> slates Boomer. week this week, I think this is one of the more interesting games. Um, I think it's just – Interesting, a lot of the fact for the uh, Oklahoma side of things because Oklahoma, they have to have Texas on their mind next week. I mean, the slacking they got last year, you know that this could be a look-ahead spot. Iowa State, if they want any sort of chance, they have to throw the ball. You know that they're going to throw the ball going into this game. So I look at that Oklahoma secondary, how will they handle that? Because next week they're going to have a hell of a test against Texas. And then defensively, Iowa State's going to present a pretty good test to this Oklahoma team that only scored 20, 20 points last week in Cincinnati. I've shared my thoughts on what I shared my thoughts on what I feel about Cincinnati. So is this Oklahoma team legit? I mean, they could still win by 30, and I might still have my question marks. I don't know. I have to see how the game plays out. But I think we're going to have more of an identity of what Oklahoma is going into the next week when – that will easily be the top game of the week if they both go into that undefeated. Perfect. Group of five game of the week that we have chosen. South Alabama and JMU. JMU undefeated. Maybe the best G5 team? I don't know. I think it's close. That team has um, passed every test so far. They're still not bowl eligible due to the NCAA rules on changing from 1AA to Division 1A into the FBS. 
That I think will be an exciting South, game. Turn that one South, on. See how good the South, South Alabama to dogs. Dog not a great loss last what? week. <laughs> yeah, not a great loss. Bad. That's called the hangover. Oklahoma like State you have is a down lot bad. Before, and you've been hammering party after a good one, and you just don't show up. Yeah, that's not great. Um, to dogs, dog. We have a new leader. We'd like to announce Schaefer now with six points after his win last week. And me and Reese tied for second with four and Parks with three. So everybody's right back in this. Back-to-back I think outright the three winners for last week for the really kid. changed the trajectory of this. You know, I think I think when we yeah. announce this, when we, like he's due for a loss. when we announce the dog's dog, we got to like really emphasize the first dog. It's not D-O-G, D-O-G, everybody. It's the dog's dog. dog. It's like, the dog's dog. dog. It's the dog's dog. dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we some dogs. We're the dogs. <laughs> and we're picking dogs. You get it? <laughs> It's like the Jameis Winston you get speech it? when he's not even playing for a state anymore. He's in the it's just pain. Goes, it's pain everywhere. <laughs> it's just pain. It's pain everywhere. Reese, let's kick it off with you. Your dog's dog for the week. Your dog's dog is who? Is. We talked about this game before, but I'm taking Kansas because I think it's a look-ahead spot for Texas. Texas is looking at this game. They're already looking at Oklahoma, like I said. In the history of college football, Kansas is a school where people don't pay that, pay that much attention to. I think it's a spot where they can just go in and handle it as long as they don't play down to their if Kansas doesn't if Texas don't play down to their level, I think they can win the game handily, but I think they're not gonna do that. I think Kansas is gonna go up there, show up and know how to know how to get this getting done. So Perfect. I guess I'm next on the list. I didn't even know I put myself second. I'll take Syracuse plus a seven. I think this is a team ready to roll that's been looking forward to this one versus Schaefer. I mean, I agree with you one hundred percent. This is kind of a spot where <laughs> You don't want to go against Clemson because they really, really need something. Like, they're kind of desperate. But it doesn't get easier when a team has really challenged you the last two or three years. You have to go play at home or on the road, and they're feeling really good about themselves. That's all I got to say. I think I'd take the home team in this situation. Home team is never a touchdown. Bad Schaefer, to you now. Yep. It's gonna, is got? everybody waiting you for a drum roll or three in a row here? I am going for to take right the here. Hogs. Arkansas plus the six and a half in a neutral site at Jerry's World on Saturday. They're going to play A and M. A and M only gave up sixty five passing yards to Auburn last week, but don't expect that. Expect more of kind of what Tyler Van Dyke did to this defense. I think KJ Jefferson just brings too much to the table. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Wegman, like we've heard, is day to day. I know Max Schatz is capable, but you want your number one guy if you can get him and. Sam Pittman also has no update on Rocket Sanders, so doesn't make my bet look great. But they got another back that they they really like. I just think yeah. that KJ can keep this defense or keep this team in the game. And that that was my last point. Arkansas they lose this football right now, game. Yeah. They have at Ole Miss and at Alabama. That would be five in a row. This is a desperate football oh. team right now. Need that one. Parks to you. Last dog's dog. Yeah, I need it. I've had a couple of bad weeks with my dog's do- my dog's dog. And I uh I need Duke plus the five and a half at home, obviously, with college game day there. I just think this scene is too big and Riley Leonard's gonna shine in it. I think Duke gets it done at home. Obviously the biggest game they they played this year because Clemson's two and two. But with this Notre Dame team rolling in off of such a Sad, I guess. I don't know a way to put it. Like, I don't want to say drubbing. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, sad loss at home. Uh, I think that they're in for a rude awakening. This Duke team has been slapping teams around, man. And there's a lot of energy around that program right now. And I think they get it done. 
Perfect. Let's go to our favorite line for the week. We have not been keeping track of this. We can, Reese, if you would like, Thank to, God. I know you brought it up. I'll go back and I'll go look um, and keep track of that yeah, as well. I want to keep track of. I, we can definitely do it. I'll do that and I'll have it ready for the next episode next week. Favorite line, I put myself first for some reason. I don't love that. I'm going to take Georgia minus 14 and a half. They play That's at it. Auburn. There's no two listed, so don't you dare take that 1B. Okay, fine. I won't Let say the other two go. I, I don't know what the other twos are. But... Um, yeah, I think Georgia, they haven't looked great. They haven't looked like themselves. But Auburn's not going to put up a great fight with the offense. Peyton Thorns hasn't been great. They haven't been able to throw the football. They haven't been able to run the football very well. I think Georgia goes in there and wins the football game handily. No. So in 17, 20, 25, I could see any of it. So I'll take Georgia. That's Reese, a good pick. you're next. I'm going to jump on the Husky train. I think Washington's playing a hell, hell of good football right now. Uh, going You're to welcome Arizona. for writing that down, by the way. Yeah, brother. He was going to take that 1B from you, Reese. You're welcome. He's going to take that. I, yeah, I mean, I have it written down over here, too, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, I well, just I think going. Paper. Well, whatever, George. Calm down. But, yeah, Michael Penix is having a Heisman-like season. Um, this, this office is not going to be slowed down by this Arizona defense. Um, give me Washington and Washington by a lot. Parks, down to you. You want to talk about a lot. I'll show you a lot. Give me Oregon minus the 27 on the road against Stanford. You think it doesn't matter if Oregon's hungover or not from a big win against Colorado, who they thumped. Stanford sucks. Give me Oregon minus the 27. This team's going to put up at least 63, and Stanford ain't going to score. Give me Oregon minus the 27. I feel like they're thinking it's going to be a hangover week. Oh. Oregon's going to put up points. My only that worry is that Bo Nix comes out early, but even then, I think the damage will have already been done. I, Stanford might not score. I have two questions. Schaefer, do Did you? We have, has any of us taken a total for our best bet? Okay. No. So no. I'm going to give I us the about first it real one hard this in its history. And <laughs> ironically, this is a good one to end on. I have under 61 with Oregon versus Stanford. I don't think that Oregon is going to get to 63 points, mainly because (laughs) if you you saw last week, if they slowed down the breaks and only kept it with seven points in the second half against Colorado, this week on the road at Stanford, I just see them going slower. Not saying you can't cover because they probably will slack them. I don't think. I, I don't think Stanford will yeah, we can, we score win. probably seven to ten points. Um, but, but with Washington next week, you got to feel like they're going to try to just keep Irving, Knicks, all of those weapons off the field early in that third quarter if they if they really can and they can get ahead on it. So huge, huge game next week. I just don't – and it's kind of a hangover game. I know they didn't play USC or something, but like – Everybody's talking about Oregon this week, and they think they're going to go on there and score seventy. I think I see some a little bit of a hangover spot. That's that's what I. You guys can both win. Yeah, yeah we, we can, can both, both win. win. But rebuttal, I still think Oregon's twos are going to score. I, it's Stanford. Yeah. I just think they're going to juice. Come on, I just think they're going to juice. Oregon's the clock. twos could still I don't produce see this. I don't know. I don't. That's fair. That's fair. I hope we both win. That's Final a no sweat. That's a sweat for you and a no you sweat think? for me. I am not even sweating that one. You would be sweating. <laughs> that we both win. Uh, that's what I'm saying. We'll take it. In our best bets. Shaver, I've taken two I've taken two totals, by the way. On best yeah, bets? That's, 
Yeah, I took the. Uh, Did they hit? I took the Iowa Both State hit, under, right? and I took the North Carolina South Carolina over. Okay. Okay. Well, never mind. You're a loser, Schaefer. No, He's already North hit. Carolina didn't hit. Iowa hit. <laughs> it doesn't matter, Schaefer. We're on this train now. 28 nothing. Yep. This has got to happen. Hey, great episode. It's a good week of college football again. Even if there's not a ton of rank versus rank matchups, there's a ton of really good games. We just outlined um, the Southwest Classic with A&M and Arkansas. We didn't preview. USC goes to Colorado. There's going to be a lot of good football this weekend. Make sure you're in front of your TV. You got multiple TVs up and paying attention to everything. Tune in to Corvallis. I think that's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. Tune in into Oxford. That'll be a great one as well. Anything anybody has to say before we get out of here? Yeah, Nebraska won the 1997 National Championship. Michigan got the wooden trophy. So go Big Red this weekend. Yeah, we didn't. There's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. I just want to see that one. I want to see Play all our teams this weekend. It, it could be very ugly for all of us. I just want everybody to know. Mm-hmm. Hey, take us away, Schaefer. See this in 3D. All lights out for me. All lights out for me. Lightning strikes the beach. 80 degrees. Warm it up for me.